You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Welcome to the Course Report Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. And I'm Imogen. And if you've tuned in before, you know each month we round up all of the news about coding boot camps, everything Imogen and I talked about in the office, everything that came in on our news alerts and we thought was interesting enough to um, pop our heads up and, and talk about with each other. And now we're going to share it with you. And this is arguably my favorite episode of the year because it is December, which means that we get to look back at 2018. We're going to highlight some of the trends that we noticed and we'll make a couple of predictions for 2019. Yay! Okay, so before we look back at news, what happened at Course Report this year? Okay, so many things happened this year. Um, Let's go through our stats. First, we added 89 schools to our directory. Insane. We have like over 400, 450 now. Amazing. And then you, our readers, applied for 789 scholarships on Course Report, and we gave away over $80,000 in exclusive Course Report scholarships. Amazing. We also matched 22,000 readers with coding boot camps via our matching tool, which you can go to right now. Amazing. And then we published around 170 new articles on our blog, 15 podcasts, including this one, and 15 YouTube videos. And the most popular article that we published in 2018 was this deep dive into salaries after coding boot camps. Imogen, you wrote this one, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of looked at our um, outcomes report and about the types of uh, salaries that people get after boot camps and yeah. um, what kind of affected that. Mm-hmm. Their pre-boot camp experience and education and things like that. Yeah. So, and cool we piece. also highlighted a couple of grads who had had really good salary increases. Interesting. Um, I think the most popular article of all time published is still our front-end versus back-end development piece, kind of comparing whether you should learn front-end or back-end development. Yeah. And then the most popular video we published in 2018 was, Is Coding Bootcamp Worth It?, an interview with a General Assembly graduate. Amazing. But Imogen, what was your favorite piece to work on this year? Not not a reader's favorite piece necessarily, but what was your favorite piece that you worked on? Well, it's a tough one because I just looked back through our admin portal and I worked on around 75 pieces of content in 2018. Amazing. But something I really loved though was the new video series we launched, which we just <laughs> mentioned, where we asked people, is coding bootcamp worth it? We went and interviewed graduates at their campuses and asked them, is Coding Bootcamp worth it? We talked to graduates from General Assembly, Hack Reactor, New York Code and Design Academy, Flatiron School, and Codesmith. So it's just always so heartwarming to hear about how bootcamp actually changed people's lives. Yeah, and it's like so many different types of life changes. For some people, it was worth it because they like increased their salary a ton. For other people, it was worth it um, because it like increased their quality of life or just like let them do something more interesting with their lives. So I love that because, you know, when we think about worth it, we think about like that ROI return on investment. But we actually found out that people think that bootcamps are worth it for a lot of different reasons. Totally. And then Liz, what was your favorite 
piece to work on this year? Well, um, I loved that video series too, Imogen. Um, but we published two industry reports this year, and this is always something that I love working on. We did um, our market sizing report, which found continued growth, both in in-person and now online boot camps, as well as some really interesting numbers around growth in corporate training partnerships with boot camps. And then just two days ago, we put our alumni outcomes and demographics report live, which we worked really hard on. And that one has just tons of information about the types of people that go to boot camps and how they do after they graduate. So if you haven't read both of those reports, get in there, nerd out on data. (laughs) Yeah, those have some really awesome, insightful data in them. Fantastic. Okay, so let's dive in and rewind to January. Imogen, how did the bootcamp industry start 2018? So one of the first stories we read was that Thinkful, an online bootcamp, raised $9.6 million in funding from Owl Ventures and Tribeca Venture Partners. The school said that they aimed to use the funds for expanding in-person offerings. They're building out communities in different cities around the U.S., And we've actually seen that happen over the course of the year. I just had a look at their website today and they now have staff members in 21 cities around the US. And I recently interviewed a community leader in Portland who told me all about how she interacts with local students and organizes local in-person events. Cool. And in 2017, we saw WeWork acquire Flatiron School. That was huge news. And then in January, WeWork announced a partnership with 2U, which licensed Flatiron School's Learn.co online learning platform. Uh, They paid $13 million to lease that. Very interesting number. This was widely covered by publications like Inside Higher Ed, Bloomberg, EdSurge, Fast Company. And then shortly after, in February, Flatiron School announced Access Lab. Labs, which is their deferred tuition program for low-income New Yorkers. Uh, their campus is in Dumbo, Brooklyn, which is actually right next to us. They're just downstairs. Yeah, that, that new Access Labs campus has graduated at least one cohort already since it opened. And we actually went and shot an interview with two grads in August. They showed us their final projects and they told us about their new jobs. One of them is working as a teaching fellow and the other one is working at 2U. Full circle. And then what else happened in February, Imogen? So next in February, Ed Surge and Fast Company reported that 30-week online bootcamp Lambda School has raised $4 million to expand their income sharing options for students. Then later in 2018, in October, Ed Surge reported that the same school, Lambda School, had raised $14 million in a Series A round led by GV. And I actually interviewed Lambda School's VP of Finance, Trevor McKendrick, all about their income share agreement. So check that out on the blog to find out how much students need to be earning in their new jobs before they start paying their tuition. Which leads us to our first trend alert of 2018, which is ISAs, income sharing agreements. In February, courts explored ISAs. They looked at the history of income sharing agreements, how boot camps and some colleges are using them in the U.S., and whether they are a good deal for students. There are a lot of arguments for ISAs, a couple against. Um, What we love about ISAs is that they align the incentives of the students with the school. So school gets paid more and faster based on how successful their students are. But there are arguments for and against these. So 
later on in July, uh, Lindsay Gelman of The Atlantic wrote a deep dive about income sharing agreements, recognizing that ISAs have the potential to really change the way that educators relate to students, but also indicates that ISAs are very much in their nascency. And she pointed out that there is very little consensus around how much is fair to reap from program graduates and for how long. And she used Lambda School's ISA as an example. But this was a huge trend in 2018. By the end of 2018, we count uh, 13 schools offering an ISA. And then according to our latest uh, report, that Outcomes and Demographics report, we asked about ISAs this year, how many graduates used ISAs, and 8% of graduates report using an ISA. So that was a huge trend. Yeah. And then if you want to read more about income sharing agreements and deferred tuition options, we actually have a guide Mm -hmm. to ISAs and deferred tuition on our blog, on the course report blog, that explains the inner workings of these types of agreements, eligibility requirements, and also lists many of the schools which offer ISAs and deferred tuition. Absolutely. Awesome. And then marching into March... It sounds like we are continuing in the topic of ISAs. Uh, Tell us what else Thinkful is up to, Imogen. Yeah, so Thinkful announced a $10 million fundraise from Leaf in March. Leaf is a fintech company, and they're going to drive Thinkful's income share agreement program. So another story in line with that 2018 ISA trend. Leaf has partnerships with a number of schools now for income share agreements. And if you're really interested, Leaf's main competitor in this space right now is Vimo. And on a different note, Rebecca Greenfield of Bloomberg looked at whether coding boot camps have been successful in increasing diversity in tech and how some tech companies are still trying to help the skills gap problem. Um, this is a conversation that we're still having. Coding boot camps are decidedly more diverse classrooms than traditional kind of computer science classrooms, but the needle still has a ways to move. And as this article kind of dives into, um, employers are huge part of that. So this article was about a program called Talent Path, where employers sponsor students to take a nine-month coding course, and then they have an apprenticeship guarantee at InVision, Nike, and MailChimp. So just kind of like bringing employers into like having the responsibility of, of actually hiring these diverse students uh, that graduate from those very diverse classrooms and coding boot camps. I think that that became a part of the conversation in March. So, yeah, still a bit of work to do in the diversity sector, it seems. Fingers crossed we see some traction for 2019. Yeah, and then we had a lot of news in April. Uh, there was yet more thankful news, right, Imogen? Yeah, I feel like I'm the thankful reporter right now. <laughs> <laughs> so in April, Thinkful acquired another online bootcamp, Block, which was arguably their largest competitor. This was covered by EdSurge and eLearning Inside. Financial details were not disclosed for this acquisition, but Thinkful said Block was not actually profitable when the deal was finalized. This was the third acquisition Thinkful had made since November 2017 when it acquired the Viking School and the Odin Project. Back when this news hit, Liz actually spoke with Thinkful co-founder Daryl Silver to find out how Block and Thinkful will integrate their offerings and how the respective job guarantees could be affected. So check out Liz's Q&A with Daryl on our blog. 
And Ed Surge and TechCrunch reported that Holberton School had raised $8.2 million in funding to expand its San Francisco-based coding school in April. The Series A investors included Daphne, Trinity Ventures, and Omidyar Network. Remember that Holberton also offers income-sharing agreements. And since that fundraise, Holberton has announced that they are opening new campuses in New Haven, Connecticut, and Bogota and Medellin in Colombia. So exciting times for Holberton. Yeah, and don't forget their celebrity endorsements from mm-hmm. Neo and Priyanka Chopra, who both invested in the school. Absolutely. And then the next big news for April was that General Assembly, one of the most established coding boot camps with campuses around the world, was acquired for $413 million by ADECO, the world's largest recruitment and staffing firm based in Zurich, Switzerland. Forbes interviewed CEO Jake Schwartz about the deal, and this was also covered by TechCrunch, Technically DC, and a number of other publications. And Shirin Ghaffari of Recode looked at how important corporate training was for General Assembly in their success and in that sale. Which brings us to our next trend alert. Corporate training. Um, So corporate training was clearly important to General Assembly in that sale. And then CNBC's Jim Cramer looked at how Home Depot is hiring a thousand technical professionals as part of an $11 billion strategic investment plan to protect its lead over Amazon and how they also train existing employees in these 12 week coding boot camps. In 2017, we actually launched a corporate training section on the Course Report website, as many coding boot camps were launching corporate training arms to offer in-house training to companies who were wanting to upskill their employees. Wow, well, that was a lot that happened in April. It looks like May was almost as busy. We saw another acquisition, right? Yeah, so WeWork acquired Mission U, a one-year coding boot camp that teaches data analytics. Remember, in late 2017, WeWork acquired Flatiron School, so this was a very intentional expansion of their education arm. But then Mission U closed down. So what actually happened was WeGrow, the education arm of WeWork, purchased Mission U in a stock-only deal that was characterized in the technology press as, quote, an acquihire, meaning that the acquisition was primarily of a person, and that person was Adam Braun, Mission U's co-founder. So at this point in May, two boot camps had been acquired, so I think we're due for another trend alert. Consolidation. Definitely, and I have a feeling that we'll see that trend continue throughout 2018, um, probably in 2019. Next in May, Facebook announced the Community Boost Initiative to give full scholarships to certain coding boot camps. This seemed like a bit of a PR stunt to draw attention away from some data privacy issues, but by the end of June, Facebook had announced partnerships with Deep Dive Coding Boot Camp, Carolina Code School, coding boot camps in Chicago that were offered through the Chicago Codes Initiative and Grand Circus Boot Camp in Detroit. And then lastly in May, Canadian coding boot camp Lighthouse Labs announced the launch of a 12-week blockchain boot camp. And Miami-based WinCode talked about the huge demand for blockchain developers. So I don't think this is quite a trend alert yet, but we are definitely seeing the demand for blockchain training heating up and boot camps are starting to respond. A number of programs have added blockchain to their curricula and we added a number of dedicated blockchain boot camps to Course Report in 2018. Oh yeah, like Block Geeks and The Den. 
So by June, we were almost halfway through the year and we'd already had three acquisitions and four big fundraisers. So Liz, what was the next big fundraise that we saw in June? Well, Trilogy Education, an organization which runs coding boot camps inside of universities, raised $50 million after raising $30 million in 2017. Trilogy works with around 50 universities in the U.S., Mexico, Canada to provide intensive skills-based programs on coding, data analytics, cybersecurity, and UX design. Forbes did some analysis on the success of Trilogy so far in June, but to balance things out, remember that in May, Inside Higher Ed and Education Dive profiled Trilogy Education looking at how students felt, quote, blindsided when they realized that the program instruction was outsourced rather than being run by the host university, and that's totally fair, um, but important to remember that Trilogy is partnering with the continuing education departments at these universities. They have their own instructors, their own curriculum. And those inside higher ed, that inside higher ed piece mentioned that Trilogy boot camps don't release their outcomes data, unlike many other boot camps. So two totally fair criticisms. So we've had a lot of good news so far regarding fundraisers and acquisitions. So we were sorry to read reports from EdSurge and Inside Higher Ed about the closure of Learners Guild, a 10-month software engineering program in Oakland, California. The company's statement said they had to close because, quote, we were unable to find a sustainable business model, end quote. And finally in June, Israel's Innovation Authority selected seven operators to run coding boot camps that aim to intensively train around 2,000 highly qualified computer programmers over the next five years. And there was actually an article that just came out in December about how Israel still has a really big shortage of people with tech skills. So I think that that news is still relevant. Absolutely. And then you're not going to believe this, but in July, we had another huge acquisition and more big fundraisers. It was really a summer of acquisitions and fundraisers. Yeah. So first up, Galvanize acquired Hack Reactor. And this was a big deal because these are two of the most established boot camps. And the story was covered by Reuters, EdSurge, American Inno, and more. Galvanize is a Denver-based boot camp with campuses around the US. And Hack Reactor also has campuses around the country. Galvanize didn't disclose details of the deal, but they recently had raised $32 million in their Series C fundraise, and they said they had used some of that to buy Hack Reactor. And in total, Galvanize has raised about $100 million in venture capital. And then actually a few months later, in August, after the purchase of Hack Reactor, Galvanize raised another $43.3 million in Series D funding. And Indianapolis-based training and apprenticeship program, Kenzie Academy, raised $4.2 million in seed funding from Buckhill Capital, Gratitude Railroad, Rethink Education, and Learn Capital. And then also in July, there was an interesting new survey from DigitalOcean about developer trends, which found that 15% of respondents had taken a coding boot camp to provide them with better skills and experience than college iProgrammer reported on the survey pointing out that 61% of respondents who had attended a boot camp felt well prepared for a job, but this was only true for 36% of college graduates. And then finally in July, Forbes looked at the tech scene in Mexico City and how deportees from the U.S. who were having serious trouble getting employment um, were going to Ola Code. 
boot camp, which was an intensive 20 week course that trains them in tech and prepares them to be placed in high paying tech jobs. Nice. So on to August. This month was a little lighter than June and July, but still some big acquisition news, right, Liz? Yeah, New York-based Flatiron School acquired Chicago UX Design Bootcamp designation. Flatiron itself was acquired by WeWork in October 2017, and we weren't quite sure what this partnership would look like back in August, but we now know designation is going to keep their name and UX Design Immersive in Chicago, but will open a UX Design Immersive under the Flatiron School name in New York starting in 2019. And then also in August, an article on CNBC listed 15 big companies which no longer require applicants to have college degrees, including tech companies, Google, Apple, and IBM. This was big news because in the past, we'd read articles from Google employees and others which criticized coding boot camps. The article said that these companies will now consider candidates who have hands-on experience via coding boot camp or via an industry vocational class. That was huge news and a huge shift in that kind of mindset. And then we had a break from fundraises and acquisitions in September, but we did get an update on the status of diversity in tech. Um, Imogen, what did the Wall Street Journal report? Well, it doesn't look too good for diversity in tech. This article in the Wall Street Journal looked at how the hiring of women in tech has only grown 1% since 2017, with women represented in 24% of technical roles. The article also talked to a number of company leaders about what needed to be done to increase workplace diversity. And CIO Dive published an update on WASU. They were one year into operating uh, and said that adult education is their largest focus right now. That update found that most of their students were aged in the 25 to 35 year old range with almost two thirds already holding a degree and looking for a second career. And then in related news in October, WASU got some negative press from CBS News about student concerns with the quality of the curriculum and materials and about pressuring sales tactics. Uh, Steve Wozniak, who has his name on the school, obviously told Business Insider that he is, quote, not involved in any operations aspects of the school. But WASU President Chris Coleman acknowledged errors in course content and said that they have implemented a quality control system to catch them. Um, He also says that Steve Wozniak does review the curriculum. Um, And we actually just got an update on this today that a state oversight board in Arizona dismissed those complaints. And then also in September, Slack announced that they would be partnering with Hack Reactor to offer apprenticeships to formerly incarcerated people. An article in The Atlantic says the apprenticeship is split into three parts over a year, roughly four months at Hack Reactor's coding boot camp, four months of training, and then four months on the job at Slack, after which time Slack may hire an apprentice or help them get a job at another tech company. And according to the article, it said everyone involved with the program seemed to believe that if they could make the proof of concept work at Slack, other companies in technology and far beyond might also begin to hire more men and women who've paid their debts to society. Love it. And then guess what happened in October? You guessed it. (laughs) Two more acquisitions. Liz, tell us which organization's trilogy acquired. 
Sure. Trilogy Education, which we just talked about for their fundraise, acquired an online coding bootcamp called Firehose Project and JobTrack, a career services platform. Presumably, this was done with the intention to launch online, obviously, and also to cover some of the career placement blind spots that Trilogy has been accused of in the past. Uh, So yeah, two strategic acquisitions. In a similar vein, Melissa Korn from the Wall Street Journal wrote about a trend in higher education where colleges and boot camps have been teaming up to offer a more well-rounded education to students. She gives the example of Trilogy, who we just mentioned, which partners with around 30 colleges around the country and a couple of others. And we've seen this trend continue throughout the year. We'll talk a bit more about this when we get to our mini December roundup. Then in October, the New York City Economic Development Corporation announced that they had chosen Full Stack Academy, um, a coding boot camp, obviously, and LaGuardia Community College to launch a cyber boot camp to increase the number of cybersecurity professionals in New York City. And then the second acquisition in October was that the company which owns the Software Guild, Learning House, was acquired by Wiley Publishing. The Software Guild is a coding boot camp with campuses in Atlanta, Louisville, and Minneapolis. And at the time, a Wiley Educational Services spokesperson said they hoped this partnership would allow Wiley to expand their offerings to college undergraduates, projecting about $200 million in combined annual revenue, serving 60 universities and more than 800 online graduate and and undergraduate degree programs. Software Guild already had some college partnerships with Baker University and the University of Georgia. And then in December 2018, a couple months after this acquisition announcement, the Software Guild announced a partnership with the University of Delaware. Wow, Imogen, I feel a trend alert coming on, the rumblings of a trend alert. But I don't know if we're ready to, to call it yet. Okay, so things were starting to wind down for the year in November, but we still had some expansion news and some news from Amazon. Yeah, so Flatiron School has been regularly announcing new campuses all year, all of which are in existing or new WeWork buildings around the country and the world. In September, GeekWire reported that Flatiron School was expanding to Seattle, their first West Coast location. Then in November, they announced campuses in Chicago and Denver, and they also have campuses in New York, London, Houston, Atlanta, and Washington, D.C. And then in November, EdSurge looked at how education providers, including coding boot camps in Washington, D.C. and New York City, were responding to Amazon's new headquarters announcement. So putting aside our own personal views, this was certainly interesting news for boot camps because in a time where people were, you know, worried and expressing their worries about who this new Amazon HQ would benefit, I think there was a great opportunity to partner with New York boot camps like Flatiron School and full stack who are already partnering really well with um, the government in New York to make sure that the pipeline is full of diverse New Yorkers um, that are getting jobs at those Amazon, those new headquarters. And then technically Philly reported in November that New York Code and Design Academy is closing down with the last class graduating in March 2019. This was sad news as we know lots of successful graduates from New York Code and Design Academy, including one of our own developers, James. NYCDA was acquired by Strayer Education in 2016 and then shut down four campuses in 2017. When Strayer merged with Capella Education, things were looking up for NYCDA as it moved under the same umbrella as fellow code schools Dev Mountain and Hackbright Academy. But for unknown reasons, it has now closed. And here we are in December. 
the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> although it's felt pretty busy for us at Course Report, we just had a few interesting news stories this month, most of them relating to university and boot camp partnerships. So, trend alert! University and boot camp partnerships. We already mentioned a few before. Yeah, we mentioned a few before. I think it's time to solidify this trend alert. So in December, Make School in San Francisco announced that they've now been accredited to offer a two-year bachelor's degree in a partnership with the Dominican University of California. Um, that partnership was announced in October, but the news here is that accreditation. And then coding boot camps have launched at both Harvard and Yale. Trilogy Education has partnered with Harvard Extension School to offer their 24-week part-time web development program, and Flatiron School is partnering with Yale to offer a web development boot camp in summer 2019, which will carry two Yale college credits. And finally, in December, a free code school using a curriculum based on 42 Code School is launching in Helsinki, Finland. Supercell, a game company that builds mobile games like Clash of Clans, will fund the one-year program with the aim to combat a lack of skilled coders in the region. Wow. That is a good look back at 2018. So just to recap, the trends we discussed were income share agreements, consolidation, corporate training, and university and bootcamp partnerships. And then did anything huge happen from a regulatory perspective, Liz? Sure. Well, we didn't expect too much federal regulation from this administration. That was something we predicted last year, and that has largely come true. We did see the state of New York push back a a bit against those ISAs, income sharing agreements. So a couple of schools like App Academy in New York have switched to deferred tuition. And then we talked earlier about the Forever GI Bill passing. um, And so now we've seen a ton uh, more coding boot camps be able to accept the GI Bill um, and do that way more easily than they were, you know, a couple years ago when it was taking forever to get approved to accept the GI Bill. And then earlier this year, a bill called the Prosper Act was approved by the House Education Committee. It was on track for a vote in the House of Representatives, but that has not yet gotten a vote. It got pushback from universities and veterans groups. Um, the Prosper Act would permit non-institutional education providers, like coding boot camps, to execute and teach 100% of a college's program. And then finally, the New Hampshire Business Review reports that a, a bill has been reintroduce the Coding Technology Improvement Act, which is legislation which would give um, coding technology programs like coding boot camps, would allow them to receive funding through the Department of Education and apply for federal education grants. Um, that also has not passed yet, but just some things that are happening in, on the government side. So not a ton of external federal regulation is going on for coding boot camps, But CIRR, the Council for Integrity on Results Reporting, is still going strong. So internally, boot camps are still trying to regulate themselves. And I think around 50 schools are members of that now. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about our predictions for 2019. Imogen, you want to give your first prediction? Yeah, so we think the shakeout is going to continue. We're going to see more consolidation. Overall, the industry continues to grow and graduates continue to report really strong outcomes. 
And as the GI Bill is now accepted, we'll see more schools offer this and more veterans start to take advantage of coding boot camps to transition into civilian careers. I think we'll see that. And then I think we're going to see more offerings of ISAs and deferred tuition, plus traditional lenders like Skills Fund and Climb will continue to become more popular. And finally, um, while many schools are putting effort into their B2B kind of corporate training arms, we expect that we'll see that you know continue to rise, and we hope that those partnerships will take on kind of novel, innovative forms, and that boot camps won't just become corporate training companies. Yeah. It's our hope. <laughs> and then if any of our predictions come true, you'll hear about them in exactly one year when we're back to wrap up in 2019. Absolutely. Well, great 2018, Imogen. Looking forward to 2019. And thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you listening all year, and we will see you next year in 2019. Um, Have safe holidays and a happy new year. And as always, we love feedback, so email us at hello at coursereport.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes or Stitcher, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, subscribing to the Course Report podcast, and leaving us a review. And we will see you in 2019. Bye. Bye.